Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, November 29. This is your 7 a.m. Eastern Time vision for you meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the chapter Oh, I was, yeah, we are in the chapter Into Action. We are on page 72, starting with the first paragraph, having made our personal inventory. Today's readers are, and thanks for your service, the 12 steps of OA, Tenzin P, OA's 12 traditions, Tanya G. And readers of our text are Janice PM, Susan H, and Lisa H. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, November 28, 2019, meetings are 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 13,726, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 13,728. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin P. to please read OA's 12 steps. Good morning, Tenzin. Mm, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Tenzin P. checking in from New York City. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, 
made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thank you, Tenzin P. I will now ask Tanya G. to please read the 12 traditions. Tanya, please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. This is Tanya G. from Louisiana. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our great purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to give service and have a great day. Thank you, Tanya G. All right, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. 
Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter into action, so chapter 6. We are on the first paragraph, having made our personal inventory, and I am now going to ask Janice PM to get us started. Good morning, Janice. And good morning to you, my dear. Um, yes, this is Janice PM, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from Yackhold, Massachusetts. Into Action, Chapter 6. Now I'm going to just preface it by saying this is Step 5. Having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? We have been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our Creator, and to discover the obstacles in our path. We have admitted certain defects. We have ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. We have put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. Now these are about to be cast out. This requires action on our part, which when completed will mean that we have admitted admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our defects. This brings us to the fifth step in the program of recovery mentioned in the preceding chapter. Into action. Uh, those of us that are new, those of you that are new, and we have heard into action doesn't mean into thinking. What does action mean? It means into doing, doing. Yes, imagine. It's not into wishing. It's not into listening to other people. And the more meetings I go to, the more maybe I'll get it. I'll get the goal to get a real good relationship without my higher power. And, and he will solve all my problems. Can't do it that way. My experience, no matter what I knew, it didn't come. Just by knowing, I had to do, you know, um, I had to have that experience to know. So having made, which we just got through, our fourth step, um, we, which, what, what am I going to do about with all this, you know, this writing, you know, okay, I'm going to, I know about it. I'm going to admit it. I'm going to give it to God. That's good. Just God and I. But, you know, to give it to another human being, I don't know about that, you know. We all have a, a, a high egotistical attitude, and including myself, of course, when I say we, that's including me. Um, and so the purpose of all these steps, you see, one goes before the other, goes before the other. It's built upon the step before it. Now, the fourth step that we just got through with is not a platform. I mean, we don't just stop there. Say there's a platform going into your house. You go through four steps and there's a platform and we're all done. That, that's no way I'm going to get into this house, especially in my stairs. So I have to go continue to do the work. Yeah, because we've been trying to get a new attitude. We, we see that in step two. And a new relationship with our creator, which was step three, and to discover, which we did, you know, which I did, uh, the obstacles in our path, the things that, what are obstacles, the things 
the behaviors, the attitudes, uh, even the relationships are the relationships that blocked me from my higher power, which is going to block me from my God, who is going to perform the miracle, not anybody else. So this is what we have to do. We have to admit certain defects. Now, if you're new and you see the word defects, you say, oh, I thought it was the shortcomings. I thought it was, you know, the this, the wrongs. Yeah, well, that's what that's how Bill writes. He puts different words for for the defects and the wrongs and the shortcomings. All mean the same thing. So now <clears throat> these are about to be cast out. Remember, not by me. I could never get rid of them, no matter how much I tried, no how many many meetings I went to, no matter who who sponsored me. This is what we're going to do. Okay. So now we're going to do an action that's going to help us deflate my ego. And then I felt very free after this step. And um, with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you for timing. Thank you. Janice PM. Okay, before I write your names down as fast as I humanly can, just a few reminders. So we are in the chapter into action. We're on page 72, starting with the first paragraph. And I want to remind everybody, I don't know if you know this, there are only 14 slots available for us to share. So we do recommend if you've shared recently, you take a step back so that 0.035 of us are allowed to share. So with that in mind, if you've not shared recently, please give me your first name and I will write you down. Harlan G. Katie F. Harlan, Katie. Amy. Okay. I've got Harlan G, Katie F, and Amy G. Who else would like to share today? This is Larry. Larry. Nancy P. Nancy P, as in Paul. One more. Dion R. Dion R. Friends, what a delightful beginning to our meeting. Okay, so we have Harlan G, KDF, Amy D, Larry K, Nancy P, and Dion R. Good morning, Harlan. Good morning, Katie. I just want to thank you for your service, and I also want to thank Gabriella for lending us her mom this morning. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Sam Shoemaker was the Episcopal minister who was the front man at the Cavalry Mission in New York City for the Oxford Group. And it was ascertained before he came into the picture, and after he was in the picture, he was instrumental, but it was ascertained that in order for an alcoholic to get any type of recovery, they were going to have to have a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. And in order to have a spiritual awakening as the result of steps, there were going to be four impediments between the alcoholic and their higher power. An impediment is something that slows or stops progress. Impediment number one a resentment that we will not let go of, step four. Impediment number two, a secret that we will not tell, step five. A vicarious thrill that we will not stop, step six and seven. And a restitution that we will not make, steps eight and nine. Does that mean I have to sit down and tell somebody what my PIN number is on my bank accounts? 
No. What it means is that for the very first time in our program of recovery, we are going to take this out of the laboratory, out of self, and bring information to another objective human being that is both informed as to the process and unaffected. In other words, let's just say I have a best friend. I wouldn't take this to their employer or their brother. I would take it to somebody who's going to be unaffected. And when we say that they should be informed, what we mean is for them not to sit there just like a bump on a log and listen, that they are helpful in pointing out patterns of behavior, patterns of thought, patterns of ideas that will illuminate and illustrate for me, the sufferer, what has been plaguing me from day one. In other words, the obstacles in my path. Am I overly concerned with money? Am I overly concerned with what people are thinking about me? Am I overly concerned with sex? What are the things, what are the patterns of my thoughts and behaviors that have been driving me into the arms of a Kit Kat bar from the day I was born? And if we give this to somebody and they are helpful in pointing out these things, we will know ourselves as we have never known ourselves in the past. We will begin to complete the process. We will begin to illuminate the process of uncover, discover, and discard. Uncover, discover, and discard. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Harlan G. All right, next up we'll have Katie F. followed by Amy G. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, this is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Now these are about to be cast out. So we write our inventory and we um, learn these patterns and these behaviors and we cast them out and then, and then they're just gone. And I'm just, I emerge this complete, whole, wonderful human being. And I never make another mistake as long as I live and I'm just go happy, joyous and free and I, don't need you people anymore because I've figured myself out. Well, I wish that were the case, but, you know, I wake up every day, um, as one of our fellows says, as, you know, as if this is a brand new day of recovery, because it is, because I can still get hung up on these things, which is the beauty of step 10, that it brings us back through this process all over again. So I, <clears throat> yes, I do formal, great big fourth steps, but I also um, on a daily basis can turn these things over to someone else. Um, we admit to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our defects. And this morning I woke up with sort of a feeling of doom of the day ahead. I did some writing. I talked to my sponsor and I feel great again. You know, it's like I can let these things um, consume me or I can, you know, brush them off and move on and not just brush them off in a way where um, I'm like, a, you know, holding my breath underwater, but truly feel free again. And, you know, I just never had that in disease. Um, the only way I knew how to comfort myself was with the food. And then I would talk to people and rant about everything that was being wrong 
in my life and then I would eat some more. And this process teaches me how to live. It teaches me how to go through life, um, not as a victim, with, but with uh, open eyes and a clear head and an open heart to whatever God wants to show me and however God wants to use me. And, you know, I continue to learn that. I continue to learn that every day because I can go to bed with, um, you know, a feeling of dread, like I just mentioned, and thinking, you know, that I'm never going to figure this out. I'm never going to get what I want. I'm never going to be happy. Just ridiculous um, gloom and doom. And yet it doesn't consume me anymore because I have the tools through this book, through you all, through my higher power of how to turn myself around um, and walk the other way, to walk away from my crazy thinking, my um, victim mentality, and have a bright and shiny new day. And I'm very grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie F. All right. Next up, we'll have Amy G. followed by Larry K. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you, everyone, for an awesome awesome meeting. I love it here where it says we have to discover the obstacles in our path. You know, to me, I thought food was the problem. And doing these inventory steps, I realized the obstacles in my path was not the food. You know, what stood in the way of my recovery was not the food. It was me. It was me, my behaviors, my attitudes, my old beliefs, my skewed and warped perceptions, my mental obsessions. And more than anything, looking at that inventory, I realized that if I did not clear up those obstacles to my higher power, as others have said, that I was doomed to go back to the food, that it would call and I would answer. And I'm so grateful to this program and people have been patient as far as doing my fifth step because for me, it wasn't so much that I didn't want to do it. I was afraid. It wasn't about my ego, although this program is definitely about ego reduction. It was almost like negative ego because I was afraid that if you actually knew me, that you wouldn't like me, you wouldn't love me, and that I was for sure the worst person. Once you look at this inventory, I was the worst person that you would ever know. And the reality is, and it talks about this on the following page on 73, more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He is very much the actor. To the outer world, he presents a stage character. This is the one he likes to think his fellows see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. For me, I felt that I didn't deserve it because I stretched myself. There was a grand canyon between what you saw and how I felt about myself. And through this inventory and the process of finding some uh, sponsor and giving this fifth step to, I started to come together. I started to join the human race. Because, you see, for me, I lived a life of extremes. I was either way better than everybody or I was worse than everybody else. And for me, in getting this process up and out and exposing it to the sunlight of the spirit, to my higher power, to myself, and then to another person, I found out, guess what? I was human. I was no better, no worse. It talks about it in what they call the fifth step promises, that we can look the world in the eye, that we can become at peace and at ease with ourselves and feel a certain nearness with our creator. That was what I craved more than anything else, to be at ease. I mean, why did I eat? Because I was restless, irritable, and discontent. I was diseased with myself. And this inventory was the beginning of a start of joining the human race with my higher power and acceptance of myself as no better, no worse, a human being. 
And I love how it says into action because they put the fifth step into action because hadn't I done action already? I already wrote this inventory out. But no, the true action was for me to humbly and not with too much negative ego go to someone and say, this is what I need to work on. This is where I'm selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid. Show me the way. And it all begins with step five. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. All right. Next up, we will have Larry Kay, followed by Nancy P. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Katie. <laughs> Thanks for your service. <laughs> uh, Larry Kay recovered this morning. You know, when I, growing up, um, uh, for me, uh, when I would hear, when I would hear the word confession, I would get a knot in my stomach because nothing sounded more miserable than willingly sharing my wrongdoings with others, let alone with God, right? And uh, I'm not even talking about confession as a word with a theological basis, right? Just just owning up to things is what we're doing in step five. And this is probably why I wouldn't do it unless, of course, I was caught red-handed. See, I, I don't need to volunteer my screw-ups to anyone, thank you very much. I'll just keep that information safe with me and and we'll all be better for it, right? Um, but refusing to engage in this is like sitting in the sun for too long. It feels good for a while, but it, it's detrimental to my health in the uh, both the short and the long the long run. See, if it's you know, if if there's a name for it, I was told that I didn't invent it, and I'm not as original as I think I am. But if it's, you know, they said, Larry, you know, if it's inside you, it's corroding you from the inside. And the truth is, the deeper it is and the uglier it is, the more it's been playing a part in your demise. So in the fifth step, I'm going to sit down with another human being in the presence of my creator, and I'm going to give it all up, everything. And the thing about me was nobody knew the whole story about Larry. Nobody. See, you you over there, you knew a little bit. And you across the room, you knew a little piece of it. And the guy over there, he knew some, but nobody knew all of it. The only human being that knew all of it was me. And so the exact nature of my defects is a little more extensive than simply my wrongs. I have to give that away. And when I approach this step with integrity, you know, I sow the seed for spiritual transformation. You know, the weight is lifted. You know, and um, and the barriers are removed. See, sin, if you will, wrongdoings, they'll use a lot of different words to describe this. It builds walls. The, these wrongdoings thrive in isolation. And it's quick to keep us from growing closer to God and to our spouse, our partner, our friends. So when we confess these things and our struggles you know, then we're stepping out of that isolation and we're inviting others into our struggle. And then we immediately see that the barriers that these wrongdoings have built up begin to crumble and then repair can begin. And then God's power begins to flow through to us. And we begin, these action steps are, are done in sequence for a reason. We get the words down, we get the wrongs down, we confess them to another, all of them, holding back nothing. And there, from then, we can get to a a process. uh, There's my bell there. We can get to a process of making proper restitution on a firm foundation. Thanks, Katie. With that, I pass. Hey, thanks, Larry Kay. All right, next up, we'll have Nancy P., followed by Dion R. Good morning, Nancy. Hi, Katie. Thanks for letting me share. 
Um, Nancy P. calling from West Newton, Massachusetts. Um, so, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being. I just see this as the valuable thing is the other human being because we always have to work with other people, even at this point, you know, or especially at this point. But it all depends on, you know, not being alone. And working with other people starts with admitting the exact nature of my wrong so that I can be rid of them. And it is about ego reduction, but, you know, this, you know, in my life, everybody talks about, or I always thought about the fourth step as like a baby that had to be birthed. And, oh, my God, what was I going to do? And, you know, by doing this one step at a time, gently, you know, without obstacles, you know, without um, putting up any, any walls between me and my um, my higher power or, or not doing anything to damage the, my progress, you know, I found that it wasn't so bad, you know. My sponsor was, you know, didn't let me stew in my own juices either. I had been through the big book step study process once before, and I wrote my fourth step for three years, six hours, six uh, um, nights a week for an hour. And um, it was 550 pages. So no, no resentment was too small for the turnaround from, you know, the horrible thing that I did that only I knew to the, you know, woman that bashed me in the grocery store with her cart, you know, I, all of it. And, and my sponsor said, you know, okay, you're going to start your fourth step and we'll talk two weeks from tomorrow and you'll read your fifth. I couldn't believe it. But, you know, I did begin to feel that um, I could get through this. You know, I did begin to feel that I could get through this. And when I, when I read my fifth step, um, you know, I, there were some tears, you know, that I cried because, you know, some things in my life, like all of us, were hard for me. Hard for me to have lived through and hard for me to live through again. But um, that other person on the other end of the line, she just listened. She didn't judge me. And, and you know, she, she didn't, neither did she say, oh, poor Nancy. Oh, that's so sad. You know, she was pretty to the point. She said, do you notice any patterns? And I said, no, no, crying, no, I don't notice. And she said, well, I do. Everything that you're afraid of is either in the past or in the future. And the only one that knows the future is God. Do you think you're God? And, you know, I always say this. There was a significant pause, but I ended up saying no. And, um, and, and it began from there. Like my real recovery began, you know, the leap and bound, you know, that was one of them, you know, that, that I, I moved forward um, because I talked to another person. And it was the other person that was the heat that added that, you know, that made the chemistry Time, possible, please. you know. So um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. All right, next up we will welcome Dion R. And then we'll take another lineup. Good morning, Dion. Good morning. Good morning, Katie. Hi. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good morning, all. Uh, this is DNR, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I'm very grateful today. Um, and uh, just having uh, uh, hearing and, and reading and listening to the sharing is just uh, amazing. It reminds me of the transformation, the beginning of the great transformation. Um, I, I look at this of uh, the personal inventory. It says, okay, haven't made this inventory. What am I going to do with it? And I remember feeling that way. It's like, okay, I've done it. I've been here four steps for years in the program. I finally did it. 
oh, I'm done. No, that led me back out the door. <laughs> so there was more work to do, and I'm glad uh, that I stuck around to see it. And uh, it says we're beginning to have a new attitude with my God, or our creator, or whoever our higher power is, and to discover my obstacles in my path that um, that had to be, and they said we have, uh, the part that really got me to this, that we have discovered, well, ascertained a rough way what trouble is. I didn't know what the trouble is. I thought it was the food, as most everyone just said. It wasn't the food. It was more than the food. It's my way of thinking, my way of living, my way of handling life. It was, a matter of fact, it was the be not the beatitudes, the bedevilments on page 52. That's what they were, all of that. I was having trouble with everybody and didn't know why, you know, pray to misery. I remember that. It's like if you're miserable, somebody tell me a miserable story, I'll tell you mine's even more miserable, you know. And today it's the total opposite beauty of it being with family members yesterday. And my, my thing is today, after this, uh, uh, what you call it, life-changing thing in my life, psychic change, a whole mood, mind-altering event and process, is to see how can I affect someone else even when I'm gone. You know, because, of course, you know, I'm not, I tell my children, they know that, too. We're not always going to be here. I mean, I used to go on fake land, fantasy land. Oh, no, I'll never die. Well, I mean, I'll never leave this earth, but I had to be real. And, and the message I want to leave with them, sponsees, whoever, whoever's watching me, whoever big book I am, you know, it's the miracle of the transformation when I get honest about Dion and giving it to, admitting to the program or another human being that can understand mainly my God, and then my path is clear to do, you know, and be who I am. So to see them young people ask me and say, you know what, that made sense when you said I should forgive my dad or da-da-da-da, he did the best he could. To me, guys, that was priceless, <laughs> and, and that's all I need to hear. So, um, but thank you all for uh, being of service, and I thank God for the healing process, and I'm going to pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. Thanks, Dion R., all right, before I take my next lineup, let's just all uh, revisit where we are at. We are in the chapter Into Action. We're on page 72 with the first paragraph. We are asking, uh, we're reminding everyone we only have 14 slots to share today. So if you haven't shared recently, we welcome your name. So please go ahead and tell me your name. Deborah M. Craig F. Deborah. Craig. Darian K. Leah M. Darian. Leah. Two more. Okay, one last call for two more, and then I'll move on. Judy K. Judy K. Anybody else? Okay, I'm just going to leave it at that then. Um, okay, the lineup I have is Deborah M., Craig F., Darian K., Leah M. and Judy K. Good morning, Deborah M. Good morning. This is Deborah M. from um, Eastern Standard Time Recovered. Thank you, gratefully. Compulsive overeater. And I just want to talk about this fifth step in relationship as it is with step three. At this point, we had turned our will and our life over to the care of God as we understand Him. And when we move into the place of sharing our our inventory with somebody, I think for me and maybe a lot of us on the line, it was 
I don't mind looking at myself, but I don't want to tell you because you are going to judge me. You're going to validate who I think I am, which is pretty low most of the time. And so that person that we really choose to um, bring our most intimate challenges or fears and resentments to, we want to feel safe and secure in the knowledge that this person has been through the program. They're not going to um, take a bat or you know yell at us. Maybe we've all come from, many of us come from places where if we did share our intimate fears, we were told what you're thinking, what you're feeling is wrong. And so I think we just have to trust our higher power, trust God, to really pray to him for the right for the right relationship with that person, for the right um, interaction with that person. And then once we, I think, begin to feel safe and have the freedom to share, it's much, much easier. So just, um, I wanted to just put that out because remember that we did pray through step one, two, and three. And now we have to believe that God is bringing us to the right people for the next action step. So with that, thank you. I pass. Thank you, Deborah M. All right, next up, I want to welcome Craig F., followed by Darian K. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, uh, I sometimes feel like a broken record, Um, but the uh, uh, I think it's essential to to stay with the basics to stay with the fundamentals you know if you teach somebody how to play a sport you uh, uh you stay with the fundamentals and even when they become a pro you know uh, they have to pass dribble and shoot they have to do the fundamentals and the, and, and there's some fundamental principles that, that that play here in this paragraph and you know we um which is all an excuse for me to not have something much deeper to tell you than this. Um, it, it is uh, talking about uh, uh, getting discovering the obstacles in our path. Well, the simple thing is the obstacles in our path to me means that we we discovered our resentments, our our fears, and our harms. The, it was our it was it was my resentments, my fears, and my guilt over the harms I had done that was blocking me from God. You know, surely God didn't want to have a relationship with with a person like me. Somebody's unmuted. Um, God didn't want to have a relationship with a person like me because he knew, he knew all these things I had done. He knew this resentment that I carried in my heart. He knew the fears that I had. He knew my lack of faith. And so, uh, you know, I... I I uh, I hid from God. I, I I didn't go get swallowed by a whale, but I hid from God, and uh, the the best I knew how to do, which just simply led me deeper and deeper into the disease. So uh, we fessed up to all that um, in in step four. But step five says something that that gets missed sometimes too. Um, it doesn't say we read our fourth step to our sponsor. It says we admitted to God ourselves and another human being, the exact nature of our defects. And there's an order to that. We admitted to God, and then to ourselves, and then to another human being. Uh, the, and then it doesn't say 
what I did. It says the nature of our defects. We're, we're beyond the, 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 the events and just the, the news story. We're down to the whys. I'm down to the causes and conditions, um, which for me turned out to be mostly uh, my ego. You know, my that a lot of the things I did were rooted in in uh, in my ego, and and when I came to that realization, when I came to that understanding, it it, it was like an epiphany. It was it was like a, uh, a the beginning please. of the trans. Oh my God, that's quick. The beginning Sorry. of the transformation. So <laughs> that's all right. That's, uh, it's always too quick for me. Anyway, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. It's Thanks. so true. Three minutes is not enough. Um, okay. Uh, next up, I want to welcome Darren Kay. And actually, before I do, just a friendly reminder: keep your uh, lines muted so we can all hear these powerful messages. Darian, good morning. Good morning, Katie. Um, grateful to be on the line. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Grateful to also not be driving and just just relaxing and listening to all of you today. Um, it's just a gift. Um, so I had a couple of things I was thinking about. Um, first of all, I, I was thinking that um, it's one of the Jewish faith, and so we didn't, you know, I didn't know anything about confession, going and to, you know, admit anything to another human being. Um, we did it once a year. <laughs> um, when the books were closed, you know, Yom Kippur, and, um, well, I mean, we, you know, kind of went over maybe what we were like, but actually that wasn't really true for me. That day was about starving myself and then, um, and losing maybe a pound or two. That's what that was really about, to be quite honest, since I have to be honest in this program. Um, and so I, um, I just was very, it was very foreign to me, is what I'm trying to say. And, um, so when I, you know, when I did this, um, with my sponsor, I did, you know, my very first step about 30, 30 odd years ago. And I met with her before a meeting that we usually went to and, um, thought that we would get it done and go to the meeting and it ended up, we, <laughs> we went way past the meeting. It took about three hours. And, um, and I really thought, oh, she's going to hear me and she's just going to like, she's going to be gone. There's no way she's going to be my sponsor anymore. Cause I'm just such an awful person and oh my god I gotta tell you it was so different it was she shared with me she related to me and she made sure that she told me that you know um none of this was anything she hadn't heard before and it was okay and that it was good for me to um and cathartic for me to clear out um all of the stuff that I needed to um to see in myself um, and and so I've done many of them, and and I remember one I actually did with a therapist um, because it seemed like that we had been talking a lot about certain things. So it's such a good process, and I really believe deep down inside that that's why I've been in program a long time is that I continue to take this um, process and use it and do it um, because. I don't want to pick up the food again. And I also want to be honest. And I can't be honest with just myself. I also am a huge um, perpetrator of lies of omission. So if I don't tell you something, maybe it's not really so. 
And so I have to really be careful about that as well um, and just be honest all the way through. And Time, please. Um, you know, there's a saying, thank you, there's a saying, how free do you want to be? And I heard that from somebody here in this program, and that is the truth. How free do you want to be? And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Darian Kay. All right, next up, I want to welcome Leah M., followed by Judy Kay. Good morning, Leah. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Exactly. How free do you want to be? And freedom isn't free, and freedom takes action, and freedom takes work, and freedom takes responsibility. Those were things that I was taught. It says, now these are about to be cast out. This requires action on our part. You know, I think at, of this process, it's like, you know, imagine a house that's been shut up for years and there's a blanket of dust over all the furniture and there's signs of decay and cobwebs and stuffy stale odors. And, you know, step five is the emergence, you know, where just all the windows and the opening of the doors, you know, and this is me, you know. <laughs> I was the greatest obstacle to a better life. Come see me. Because my life was based on the ideas that I was producing on my in my mind, and uh, you know it it was evident. You know there are thoughts, and then feelings emanate from those thoughts, and then behaviors emanate from the feelings. And you know my life was deteriorating faster than I could lower my standards because my thinking was in the gutter. Uh, those old ideas, attitudes, and emotions had to be cast aside, and step five was the beginning of true kinship with another person, with man in general, you know, others, and, and God. Because holding all this stuff in created a intense, anxious apartness, and it was torturing, you know, to be that lonely, to be that separated. And uh, it created a tension, and that tension builds, and it builds, and it builds, and it builds, and at some point, you know, it's like holding your breath underwater. You just have to rip open those cellophane bags and bakery boxes and dig those fists in because you need relief. And so that's why I kept going back and going back and going back and going back because I never emerged out of the darkness. I kept being separated, you know, from God and from other people by this tension that built up. You know, step five, this, this inventory process, which begins with step four and, and goes through step nine, we begin to accept, well, I began to accept my history for exactly what it was. And that process of action steps allowed acceptance of who and what I had become. And that began to bring me closer to God. It was the beginning of a process of living a life of humility. This is who I am. This is what I've become. Of honesty. This is what I was. I don't want to be this way anymore. Of courage. This all took courage for me. And integrity. This is who I am. This is where my thinking took me. And the result of this process brought me to freedom, happiness, and serenity. And of course, we continue this work with steps 11. So at 10 and 11 and 12. Okay, and with that, I pass. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Leah M. All right, next up, we'll have Judy Kay. Good morning, Judy Kay. Good morning. May I be heard? Loud and clear. Great. <laughs> Oh, step five is into action. 
after we've really uncovered truth about ourselves, um, we're going to get a new attitude and a new relationship with our creator and to and discover the obstacles in our path. And what are those obstacles? Those obstacles are selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And we faced it. And there's a little more I can say. Everybody who shared, shared so well on this, um, on this paragraph. There's a little more that I could add other than honesty, which is the um, spiritual principle of the, of the first step. Um, honesty is something I struggled with all my life. Here I thought I was the most honest person in the world. And it keeps coming up that if there's something I could get away with, I might do that. So to be real with my creator, I've got to be real with myself, real with another human being, and um, and I have to always be looking out for the selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, and face that and, and have a, a finer relationship with my creator. And thank you, everybody, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Judy Kay. All right, I'm thinking like two, two and a half minute shares. Uh, who would like to share that hasn't shared in a couple of days? Janet E. Janet E. Simone J. Simone Elise J. Elise. All right, Elise, I'm, yep, I heard you the first time. Elise, thanks for telling me. I've got three names. We don't have that whole time. So let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. If we go like a little bit under two minutes for each of you, we will have time for each of you. So I'm going to start off with Janet E. Everybody else can mute their phones. Good morning, Janet. Good morning. Thanks so much for your service. Hi, everyone. Janet E. Recovered in Ecuador. Um, wow, someone shared, the deeper and uglier, the more it has play, been playing a part in my demise. Wow. So I just came through inventory. I'm actually in step 12 now um, after having completely rebooted my program. Thank you, God. And for the first time, I was willing to write something on my inventory that I had been avoiding for a really long time, namely that I had stolen from my company. And um, I was a well-known management figure in my company for years. And um had to admit to a kind of note, note, a letter to my the president of this company that um, I had stolen. I had taken promotional items and things paid for by company money that weren't mine, and I knew that it was um, it was it wasn't right. It was stealing, and I was because I'm entitled. And I mentioned I was in a program of recovery, and I can't even tell you the freedom that has come from just doing that. Um, I've made restitution, I made a donation um, to a cause that my company, my former company supports. And now when I think back on that company, I don't have this weird feeling in my stomach and a slight resentment. I just feel completely grateful um, because that career gave me the chance to retire early and live a a beautiful life. And um, so you know, I I got really honest this time and really wrote some things down that I didn't want to do, and I did it. And um, there's so much freedom, like everybody says, on the other side of this, and I'm finding it, and I have found it, and I'm really, really grateful. So 
glad to be with all of you and have a beautiful day I have. Thank you, Janet E. All right, next up, Simone J. Followed hopefully by Lisa N. Good morning, Simone. Simone, I'm not hearing you. Press star one. Hi. Yes, I'm Simone J. Um, and I am a compulsive overeater. Very grateful to be on the line and hear all of you today. I'm not quite there yet with the area that we read, but I'm so looking forward to it. I feel grateful that I got to go to the convention and get us and you know find a sponsor who's uh, you know taking me through this amazing book and um, just feel excited um, by the miracles. I'm in Legoland with my family and it's all about them. And I don't know who this lady is. So I'm just very grateful for all of you and for your help. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Simone. All right, Simone, you can wrap us up today. I mean, not Simone, sorry. Elise, go ahead. Hi, good morning. Thank you for your service. Um, I guess I need to share, I just went through, I had just gone through the step process and I was absent for eight months and then I fell back into um, a relapse for four months and I didn't, I thought it was because I wasn't enlarging my spiritual life and doing 10 steps and sponsoring enough and this and that. And now that I'm doing the fourth step again, I'm seeing, I mean, I didn't, I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe it when I started writing down resentments and I saw that some of the people that were on there before are still on there. And I couldn't figure out what in the world was going on. And the reason was, I think, that I still like to talk about what was going on. You know, what I still like to share about how people had harmed me. And I have to admit, I enjoyed, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't ready to let go of being a victim. And some of the things were... Um, things that were really mean or whatever, and they still are really mean. And they really had very little to do with me. And they were where I was, you know, a victim in them. And the, like Harlan had said, sometimes it's not about, you know, and I was at the convention, I heard this. Sometimes um, it's not about that, that I really have a part in it as much. The only part that I might have in it is that I continue to be a victim. And and doing that, I'm taking away from, you know, what I could do to help myself and to help others. And I'm really decided, and it is a decision, I believe, you know, with to to let time remove my being a victim. And I'll get, you know, the freedom from that. Thank you. Thank you, Elise, and thank you to everyone. What a tremendous meeting. Um, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. Our share ID for today, Friday, November 29, 2019, is 13,734. That's 13734. We're now going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. 
Well, Susan H., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for your service. This is Susan H. in Ohio, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.